Good morning. How are you doing today? Doing all right? Good. Uh, if I haven't met you before, my name's Tim, and I get to serve. I get to serve on staff here, and part of my role is uh, teaching, unpacking scripture together on Sunday mornings, and, and really kind of an honor to get to do that. Uh, if you wandered in here this morning, um, and maybe you wandered in and you're like, what are these people so excited about? I want to tell you, Easter eggs. <laughs> we love Easter eggs. No. Uh, we, believe that there, uh, we believe that there is a, a young Jewish sage uh, who said things and did things that no one had ever said or done. And that he, uh, the religious and political authorities collaborated together to execute him. And we believe uh, that he uh, came back to life and defeated death. And uh, we believe he's alive and on the loose. And uh, yeah, that is part of who we are. I don't know, uh, I don't know, you know, what different people, what brought you here this morning. Um, Maybe you're here. Maybe someone kept inviting you over and over and over again and you you said, I will come if you don't ask me anymore. And I just want to let you know, um, they probably won't keep that promise. They'll probably invite you again. So I just apologize for that ahead of time. Um, maybe you're here. Maybe uh, you came and uh, someone owes you for it. Uh, maybe you were promised good food later on today. Uh, you know, different people. Maybe, uh, maybe you had a week or a month or a year that you hope to never relive. And you're looking for hope today. Maybe you're here and a year ago, or 10 years ago, or 50 years ago, uh, you decided to trust all you understood about yourself to all you knew about Jesus, and, uh, and your life has not been the same, and you believe He is alive. But whatever brings you here today, I do want to say welcome. Uh, welcome here today. Um, I want to tell you a little about what brings me here. So, uh, I believe that there are there are two kinds of people in this world. That there are people who uh, who thought they were cool in high school, and there were people who wanted to leave high school because of the people who thought they were cool. There's, Humanity can be divided. Maybe it's a little oversimplifying things, but uh, I I thought I was cool in high school, and my wife still makes fun of me for it, and I deserve that, and I like to publicly apologize today. Um, but I, you know, in high school, I uh, you know I, I thought I had what what I wanted. I. Uh, I was doing well academically and sports. We won the state championship. I got all these awards, and I was dating this cute girl, and uh, I, had the, I had friends, and was on homecoming court. And I and I had grown up in a Christian family, but I remember uh, at the end of high school, I just had the sense of like, uh, why would I need God? I've got what I've wanted. You know, I've got this handle. I got I got life figured out. Um, and and I was like, well, I don't really want anything to do with this God because I've you know I I've got it. And um, and I was getting to the end of my senior year. This this uh, for this question came up in my mind, and it had to do with you know I was looking at different colleges and 
And part of that college decision for me was this bigger question of, who do I want to become? What do I want my life to look like? What kind of man do I want to be? And I began, uh, and that took me down a road where I started, you know, I was looking on this road I was on. And I, and I saw the road decades into the future. And the way I perceived it was, was choosing a career based on paycheck, based on getting people to admire me, not on passion, not on doing good in this world. I saw, uh, I saw it looking for uh, women, looking for a wife based on looks. And uh, I, I, saw, uh, I saw this, you know, I saw this life where it was, a, you know, a big house and a lot of toys and very much centered on me. And, and the more I, I looked down this road, the more it just sounded emptier and emptier to me. And I, and I just found myself, I want, I want to live for what's true. I want to live for something bigger than myself. I want to know what's, what's most real in this world. And I found myself going into college, this question uh, was turning around my mind. I want to know, I want to know what's true. Uh, I want to know if there's a God. I, and I, this, particularly, I, I need to decide what I think about Jesus. Like this, this Jesus figure that so many people have, have said is God and they've, has changed their life. What do I think about Jesus? And for me, it wasn't, uh, for me the question wasn't, what do I think about my parents and their faith? It, was, it wasn't, what do I think about church? It wasn't, what do I think about other people who say they're Christian? Uh, it, it was, what do I think about Jesus? And those uh, first few years of college, and there's more going on in my life, and my story's bigger than this, but, but I, I, you know, I, I was wrestling through what I, and I read, and I asked questions, and I thought, and I, and I prayed, and I, and I came to a point where I said, I believe this is real. This is true. Not because somebody else says it. I believe this is true. I believe Jesus is who said he was. I believe he came back to life, and I, wanna, I want in. And I went down that road because I wanted to know if it, you know, I wanted to know if it was true because if it wasn't true, I wanted to get off that bus and head on towards what is true. But I came to a point where I said, I believe this is real. And I'm going to give all I understand of myself to all I understand of Jesus. And, 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 and making that commitment, has, for me, it hasn't meant that life's easy and there's no more questions, there's no more doubts, there's no more pain. But it means that in the midst of that, the journey of my life, I know that he is with me and I trust, I trust in all the questions of life, I trust myself to this one who came, uh, who came to sacrifice himself for me. So this morning, uh, I guess the question I would just offer up uh, for us this morning is where, uh, where, would you, where are you with Jesus? And not where are you with the church, not where are you with the people in your life who say they're Christians, not where are you with the religious right, not where are you with these things that happen in history. Where, where, are, you with, where are you with Jesus? What do you think about Jesus? I think that's the question we need to wrestle with. I want us to hold that question in front of this in front of us this morning. And we're going to look at uh, we're going to look at a few of these um, ancient biographies of Jesus uh, together this morning. And so, the first one we're going to look at well, we're going to look at a couple of texts, but both from one book. Uh, 
This is uh, called the book of Luke. It's going to be after Mark and before John in your Bible, if you want to follow along about two-thirds of the way through the Bible. This is an ancient biography of Jesus written by a doctor by the name of Luke. Um, and uh, Luke, at the beginning of it, you can read Luke chapter 1. He talks about he interviewed these eyewitnesses. And so what, uh, what I and many others believe is we're going to be reading um, uh, eyewitness accounts of these events that took place 2,000 years ago. So where we're going to be picking up, we're going to be picking up in chapter 24. And what's going on is this is a Sunday morning, uh, the Sunday after the Friday when Jesus uh, had been uh, executed and, and then put in the tomb. And now this is, uh, this is that Sunday morning after that, and we're going to be reading uh, what happens here. So, Luke 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, so it's this Sunday morning. Uh, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. One of the things, uh, all that, you know, there's these different, these four different ancient biographies of Jesus. One of the things they all agree on is that, uh, is that in the last hours of Jesus' life, after his betrayal, his arrest, and his execution, they all agree that the, the majority of the male disciples cut and ran and abandoned Jesus. And it was these women followers who stuck with him through his execution, and then when it came time for his body to be prepared for burial, it's these women who show up there on Sunday morning to prepare his body for burial. So, uh, I'll just let you all discuss that over Easter brunch today. (laughs) Go any farther down that road? So these women, they've been with Jesus uh, through his death. They're there on Sunday morning. Verse 2, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Uh, and when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. So they, they show up and uh, the, the, the stone had been rolled away and they go in. The tomb, it's like this, it's probably a kind of cave-like, carved into the rock. There's a table where the body would have been. And uh, they go in there and it's not there. And so you have to imagine, it's kind of a... I mean, it's kind of like a, you know, it's dark out. It's kind of creepy. They just seen this guy get killed two days before. The body's gone. What's going on? So, I mean, don't you just kind of on edge? And then this is what happens next. Uh, while they were wondering about this, they're all crowded in there looking around. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And don't you just, is this an episode of Punked? Or is this, a, is this like... What, you know, is, you know, you think, and later on we find out these are angels. Like, what are the, do you think the angels are thinking to themselves, wait until they go in the tomb and then, you know, they kind of, you know, they get a chuckle about it later on, you know. Two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning appeared beside them. In their fright, do you think? In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. He isn't in there. He isn't in there. He's not there. He's alive. He has risen. Remember how he told you 
while he was still with you in Galilee. And then they quote Jesus, The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven, that's the twelve disciples minus Judas Iscariot now, and to all the others. It was, and then here we get the eyewitnesses who were there, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others who were with them, who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Once again, you can talk about that later. (laughs) Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. So what we, uh, what we, if you read on and you end up seeing what happens here is Jesus uh, ends up appearing to these women. Jesus, the resurrected Jesus appears to these women, appears to Peter, appears uh, to the 11 disciples, and ends up actually appearing to over 500 people. So in one of the early letters um, from an G- early leader in the Jesus movement to a, a group of Christians, um, this one of these early letters says, you know, you know that 500 people saw the resurrected Jesus and most of them are still alive today. This, this was written 20 years after Jesus' resurrection, uh, crucifixion, resurrection. So, so, you know, in those early decades of the Jesus movement, it was like, oh, you have some questions about the resurrection? Oh, yeah, you, there, there's 500 people who saw him. You go ask them about it. Oh, yeah, you should go ask Joanna. Oh, yeah, you should go talk to, you should go talk to Mary Magdalene. She'll tell you about it. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, about a, a few have died, but most of those 500 are still around. You should go ask them about it. These are people... These are people who, who their lives had been changed, radically altered by an encounter with Jesus. The question for them was, what do they believe about Jesus? And for these people, their lives were never the same. I want to dig a little deeper into how their lives were changed uh, by this Jesus uh, particularly for these women. Flip back in your Bible, if you will, to Luke chapter 8. This is just a little ways back to the left. And we're going to read something. This, was, this is about what was going on a couple years before Jesus' uh, crucifixion and resurrection. Some of the backstory uh, for these women. And Luke 8, starting in verse 1, reads this. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, the twelve disciples, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. So the, the, these women who were there through the crucifixion, there at the resurrection, these women, they had been with Jesus for some time and their lives had been, their lives had been altered by their encounter with Jesus. They had been healed. They had been rescued in some profound ways. It says, Mary, that, that, that it says these seven demons have been driven out of her. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to debate or argue this morning about what, you know, demons and how, what is that and is that real? But I just simply, these people clearly believe that this woman had some things deeply, internally, out of order with her, that somehow evil had gotten a hold of her, and Jesus had set her free. Some of these, they had physical illnesses, and they had met Jesus, and he'd healed them. 
Joanna, the wife of Cusa, uh, the, the manager of Herod's household. That would, that, for Joanna, it, it, that situation was like being married to the accountant of the mob boss. This world of greed and violence. And somehow she found hope and freedom in knowing Jesus. These were women who had been profoundly changed, rescued, healed by their encounter with Jesus. And for them, the question wasn't, well, will the other followers of Jesus let me down? That wasn't the question. The question for them wasn't, will it be hard following Jesus? The question wasn't, what about those Pharisees who say they worship the same God and they they seem hypocritical sometimes? That wasn't the question. The question for them was, what, where do they stand with Jesus? What do they think about Jesus? And it was their encounter with Jesus that changed their lives. You know, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll talk with people and, about faith and, and different things will come up, you know. Oh, you know, what do you think about faith and this kind of thing? And, and uh, people might say, what, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've just been hurt uh, by the church or uh, there's these Christians in my life and they, they did this thing. And um, If that's you this morning... You've been hurt that way. I want to say how sorry I am. And uh, I've been working. I've been working at different churches since I got out of college. I'm not naive about what can take place in faith communities. But when people when people say, you know, what what about this about the institutional church and how I've been hurt, or or what about the crusades, or what about the religious riot, or what about these people who said they're Christians, they just and those are all valid and they need to be talked about and processed through. But I think it's important to say yes. But let's let's put that aside for a minute. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. Where do we stand with Jesus? What do you think about Jesus? Let's talk about that. And then let's talk about these other things. In this room this morning are people who have been profoundly changed by their encounter with Jesus. There are people in here this morning There are people in here this morning who have wrestled with suicidal thoughts and depression. There are people, uh, survivors of sexual abuse and physical abuse. There are people who have been addicted to drugs and addicted to alcohol. There are people in here this morning who have lost children, who have lost parents, who have lost loved ones. There are people in here this morning who have gone through painful divorces. And I'm I'm not just making things up. I know the stories in this room. There are people who have gone through cancer. There are people who have, there are brilliant people who could, have, who could have used their intelligence for money and power and arrogance. And there are all these people who have encountered Jesus and been changed and been rescued and been made new. And I don't mean like, I don't mean they found Jesus and then it was butterflies and rainbows and unicorns and everything's fine now. And we're always happy. No, that is not what I mean. What I mean is that they knew that at the deepest level, the person behind all reality is sacrificial love. And he stepped into human history to rescue and he defeated death. And that the last chapter of our stories get to be written by him. We're changed by it. 
And there's still pain. And there's still questions. There's still hardness. But the one who has defeated death walks with us. The one who is the author of life shows us the next steps. And we are not alone. I believe the question is, where are we at with Jesus? Where are you at with Jesus? My, uh, my daughters have this story that I read them sometimes. Rosie Revere Engineer. It's a classic. I recommend it. And there's this line. Uh, this happens in some of their books that I read them. There's just this line catches me. And this is... Uh, just in the narrator says this in the middle of the book. It reads like this, but questions, but questions are tricky. And some hold on tight. And this one kept Rosie awake through the night. Some questions hold on tight. For me, 18 years ago, this question of uh, what kind of man do I want to be? What do I believe is most real? What do I think about God? And particularly, what do I think about Jesus? That question held on tight to me 18 years ago. And uh, I guess my hope, my hope for you this morning is that that question would hold on tight to you. And, and if you're here this morning and if you're a doubter, if you're a skeptic, if you're an explorer, I would say, I don't, I'm not expecting you to just take my word for it. But my encouragement to you would be, make the decision for yourself. Dig into it. Don't just take the easy, it's easier not to think about it and just keep going down the same road. Dig into it. What do you think about Jesus? I'd invite you, just one way to go about this, one way to explore this. Um, not the only way, but one way. We, uh, we have a bunch of uh, New Testaments available. They're back by the sound booth and there's some at the informational booth. Those are, if you would like one of those, you don't have a Bible, I would invite you to just take one of those on your way out this morning. Take one of those Bibles and this is what I would encourage you to do. Uh, at the beginning, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four of the ancient biographies about Jesus. I'd encourage you, probably Mark would be a great place to start. And uh, get the Bible, get a friend. Uh, well, you already have a friend. Choose a friend, invite a friend. To, uh, to like set up a weekly appointment every couple weeks and just get together and say, Let, will you read through this with me? And just, will you read a chapter and then talk about it? You, wanna, uh, you want some good food or some good drink when you do that? Just a recommendation. And, uh, and just say, just pray, hey, Jesus, if you're real, will you show me? Will you show me? And read through those ancient biographies of his and make your, uh, make your mind up for yourself. Where are you at with Jesus? I want to let you know that you are welcome to be here with us while you're exploring. We are, we are comfortable with questions. We don't think Jesus is scared of questions. He was a great question asker himself. Uh, over the coming weeks, we're going to be doing a series on First and Second Kings. And these are, actually, uh, the, these are actually books that Jesus read as a kid and growing up and into his adult life that shaped his understanding of who God is and who he was and his mission in the world. And so you're welcome to be part of a, this community to, as you explore and ask those questions and do that with us.
we, we hope to be a community that centers on this question. Where are we at with Jesus? We don't want to be a place of religious games or religious posturing or just doing things because it looks good. We desire to be a people that centers on this question. Where are we at with Jesus? And we have become convinced that he is the most compelling figure in all human history. That he is the son of God, stepped into human history, revealing the heart of God to us. That he stepped in to rescue us from the evil and death that's loose in this world. That he defeated death itself. And that when we trust him, he gets to write the last chapter in our stories. Let's pray. Jesus, uh, we believe you, um, you are alive and you are on the loose. We believe that every man and woman in this room has your attention. And that um, you know, you know that you know what we bring here today, Jesus. You know not just what we show on the outside, Jesus, but you know what's in us. You know the doubts, you know the pain, you know the hopes. You know what we're wrestling with this morning, this week, today. And um, Jesus, would you help us know your heart towards us? Would you help us hear your voice even this morning, the ways that you desire to set free and forgive and to heal and to guide? Jesus, uh, we trust you. And we open ourselves up to you now for you to speak again to us. In your name, amen.